The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Building the Board, as Jacob Infante and Quentin Crisco are going to take us through our next 10 players. We're talking interior defensive linemen now. Let's go through the next 10. Jacob, Q, take it away. All right, Robert. So I'm excited for these IDLs, especially like early on in this class. I think there's a lot of high-end talent for sure. Uh, let's just dive into it because I feel like everyone and their mom's talking about Jalen Carter as a fit to the bears. And to me, it's pretty obvious. I think from a pure schematic perspective, I think he gets the edge over Will Anderson. Uh, you know, as I've said in our edge rusher class in our edge rusher video, I think Anderson's a bit of a better player, but when you consider what this defense needs, I think Carter is just perfect for a three tech defensive tackle. Uh, the explosiveness off the ball is phenomenal. Uh, you know, very, he's just a good mover out in space. I think that obviously he's got a lot of pass rushing value, maybe not so much in the sacks he generates, but in the pressures and the opportunities he opens for other guys on his team. Hand activity is insane. Uh, and I think that really shows out in the run game too. And, you know, he's not like the, he's a, he's decent size. He's not like this massive, holy cow, this dude's, insanely huge but i think he more than makes up for that with his activity at the point of attack against the run his gap awareness his ability to two gap accordingly uh wherever you line him up on the defensive line you know he took reps as you know like a two tech a one tech or a nose and he looked good in all of them even if three tech i think is the best fit for him at the next level don't forget when he bumped out to edge Oh, man. I don't remember what game that was, but I, I remember I can imagine that play in my head right now. And it's it's uh, it's killing me that it's not getting to me. But yeah, no, I think Carter's a top five player in this class, uh, probably a top five pick when it's all said and done. I mean, I have him as my number two overall prospect. So uh, it, it's pretty, you know, pretty hard to go much higher from there. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more in terms of uh, full-time starting play uh, because you know, Georgia rotates their defensive linemen like crazy. And, you know, there were some instances where I'll admit, you know, I watched the Ohio state game. I watched the TCU game. There were sometimes he looked a little tired. He was still very good in those games. I think there's a bit of a false narrative there, but I still thought he was very good. And the rest of the tape just screams, this guy could be an all pro. So Q I'm curious your thoughts on Jalen Carter. For building the Bears board, 
he's my number one. He's my number one player in this draft. I mean, I think his ceiling and Will Anderson's ceiling are probably about equal. I actually think Carter might be a touch higher, but once you're talking about, you know, five-time All-Pro versus four-time All-Pro ceiling, it's all all kind of the same. Um, But I do not think his floor is as high as Will Anderson's, just because, like you said, he wasn't a full-time player ever just because Georgia didn't need him to be which is insane when you think about it, but um, really, really where I end up with it is not even just that he's a better scheme fit for the bears defense and, you know, plays that, that vaunted three tech spot. That's so important for what Matty Refluce wants to do, but just that it is so hard to find defensive tackles who disrupt at the level that Jalen Carter does. And that's not always something that shows up in stats. You know, it's there are plays where he's not getting a pressure, but he's eating up three different blockers because they need three blockers. Like, that's insanity. You don't find guys like this on the street. They don't become free agents. You can rarely, rarely trade for them. I mean, guys with this talent, you need to draft them, and you need to draft them high typically. So, to me, Jalen Carter's the top dog in this draft. No, and I totally get that. And in all honesty, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Carter's a top guy on the Bears board. He just fits. He's just such mm-hmm. a perfect fit. Uh, and, you know, we could talk about Jalen Carter all day, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard a lot about Jalen Carter already, and we got nine other guys to get to. So, in summary, Jalen Carter is great at football. Uh, the next one I want to go yeah, to is, is – a guy with a very like a vastly different skill set, and that's Siaki Ika out of Baylor. And I know Robert's a big Baylor guy. Uh, I like Ika a lot. I'll let you start with your thoughts on him, but he's a very intriguing, intriguing prospect. I couldn't decide between intriguing or interesting. I guess both of them really fit for Siaki Ika here. Yeah. So Ika, like, he's a fun watch. Yeah. Guy's like, what, 360 pounds and he gets after the passer? You don't see that that often. I mean, he's just thick. You know, he's he's massive. Just utterly huge. Can't turn for his life, but utterly huge. And his hands are really active. He's really just – he's really good as a pass rusher at the nose tackle, and he can eat up space. Granted, I was a little underwhelmed by his ability to hold up to eating space for his size, which might be an unrealistic expectation, but he's good at it still. You know, I just didn't think he was dominant at, like, the point of attack. Um, my main questions with him come down to, if I'm drafting a nose tackle and their best trait is their pass rush, they just they need to be able to finish better than he does is kind of where I'm I'm stuck at. You know, it feels like like I loved Danny Shelton years ago. Yeah. You know, I fell in love with Danny Shelton as a prospect. And I, I see Ika in a lot of the same lights as I saw Danny as I saw Danny Shelton, but I end up just so many times seeing so many times on tape where he gets a pressure, quarterback runs a couple feet the other way, and he's clear. You know, it's like the the pressure just doesn't end up mattering as much as you think it would. Um, So for me, I've got a 
late second round grade on Ika to early third round. Um, so I'm a little lower on him than a lot of people out there, but it's really just that finishing ability that I, I'm not sure that the impact is going to be as strong as his pressure numbers are. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And your, your concerns about him are very valid. Uh, I think he's, he's good against the run. He's not mm-hmm. elite against the run. You see a guy who's that heavy be like, Oh, you know, nobody's going to get through. No one's going to beat him in the run game. Sometimes it happens, but no, that's not to say he's batted against the run by any means. He's still above average. So I'm a bit higher on him than you are. I have early round two for him. Uh, I think it's totally fair. I'd like to see more finishing plays from him. Uh, but I think it's just a massive dude who can, you know, rush the passer pretty well, generate pressure, you know, quick in a straight line. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's not going to chase anyone down, you know, get him out in space. He's not going to, you know. Yeah make moves like that but uh definitely an interesting prospect uh i don't think he goes round one but i think round two is certainly a possibility and then you know maybe round three depending on you know what teams value uh what he does well and what he doesn't do well so here's someone that started off the year as like a consensus top 10 pick i feel like some places still have him as a top 10 pick but i I don't know if I can have him that high. That's Brian Brzee out of Clemson. You know, he's obviously very highly touted coming out of high school. He was the top overall prospect in the class of 2020. And I think the physical tools are very impressive with him. He's lengthy. He's got good raw power. I think that, you know, technically, you know, again, the narrow base, uh, he can do a better job of keeping his weight underneath him and keeping his pads low. But I think the raw power he brings to the table is impressive. Long arms, uh, explosiveness off the ball, and he's mobile in space. I think he's got a lot of developmental upside as a pass rusher, whether that's as a three tech or, you know, say as like a one. Uh, I think three tech might be a good fit for him just because of his lengthy build. I don't know if he's squatty enough to play as a one or a true nose yet. But I, I still think there's a decent amount of work to be done with Brzee. I think, you know, he tore his ACL four games in the 2021 season. So, and otherwise his production in college just hasn't been to the caliber you'd expect for someone who is so highly touted entering college. Uh, and there are some times where I think he looks a little bit lost once he engages in contact, like he doesn't know, all right, you know, I got the hands inside. What do I do now? Uh, I think that there's certainly some issues with him uh, developing moves and putting together a plan. So I have him like a, I I have him late round one, probably like a fringe round one type of guy when it's all said and done. I think he'll go a little bit higher, but I don't think he's the top 10 prospect that, you know, some people are still hyping him up as, and, you know, that's not to say he's bad or anything. I just think that, you know, expectations should be tempered a little bit as far as what he produces right away. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm in a pretty similar spot with him, honestly. I mean, you look at this guy, you say six foot five, three hundred some pounds, that type of quickness and good strength. You're like, this guy should be great. Yeah. And it, it comes back to what we were saying about Miles Murphy in the uh, Edge episode about like I just there's something with this Clemson defensive line, and we're either all going to look back and be like, how did we not see it? Or we're going to look back and say, what was Clemson's D-line coach doing? <laughs> like, it, it, the, the, I don't think there's much in between. Like, yeah. 
Brzee is a supremely talented player. Like you said, number one player in his recruiting class. And he's gone through some some hardship with, with some injury issues with, uh, I believe, his sister passed away from cancer during his college career. Yeah, his I, think sister. Was, I think that was this year. I, I think this it was year? earlier in this year, which – uh, in the first place, I think it's you know commendable to come back from that. I think yeah. that's a lot of mental strength. But sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to. Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, th- so then I start to wonder, like, man, I mean, how much room was there for this guy to get better in his time in college? You know, if if his medicals come back clean and he's sitting there in the late first, I don't know how you don't take him just just based on the upside, but. It, the medicals are a big question with him for me because he's dealt with a few different injuries and I have him sitting mid to late first round because and that I'm not going to factor in medicals just because I won't know them, you know, yeah. and even if I got them, I wouldn't know what they mean because I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Uh, so we're on similar wavelengths with Brzee there. Here's a dude that I'm kind of interested in. He's in that kind of tweener role you know, played off the edge, played inside. And we covered some of those types of guys in our edge rusher episode, but Tuli Tuipolotu out of USC. Uh, he's someone who I think is just very, he exploded in 2022. Like you're looking at a guy with 13 and a half sacks, a little bit of tweener size in that he's a little, he could add a little bit more weight if he's going to play inside full-time. He could shed a little bit if he's going to play off the edge full-time. So I'm interested in seeing where, teams have him at the next level. Uh, but I think for whatever he is, you know, you're looking at a guy who's like 6'3", 290. You know, he's pretty quick off the ball for a dude who's that big. And obviously the pass rushing production speaks for itself. Uh, you know, you got to be quick off the snap to be able to generate that kind of that kind of pressure and get those kind of sacks. Uh, and I think the high motor definitely shows up with him. He's, a you know, just an aggressive type of guy. And he, he plays that way on a down-by-down basis. And, you know, there are some times where I don't think he knows exactly what he's doing, you know, kind of in that bull in a china shop mentality mm-hmm. where he doesn't have a set plan. But I think he's got size, he's got quickness, he's got raw power, and he's got inside-outside versatility. So he's a day-two guy for me. I don't think he's going to go round one, but – uh, I'm interested, first of all, where you have Tui Pelotu, but also if you're projecting him inside or outside, because I have him inside, but I've seen it both ways. And honestly, I understand both trains of thought. Yeah. So when I, when I watch uh, Tuli, I see guy who actually, I, I, I just see him finding the football a lot. Yeah. And, and you're right. There are, there are moments where I see him look a little lost, but I think he generally does a good job of finding the football and, he shows just some impressive verse burst, excuse me, impressive burst, some good pop in his hands and sudden feet that allow him to, to go on some really nice stunts and loops and a, a good lateral mover. Um, and his explosiveness has the potential to be special. I think yeah. like I, I absolutely see that. And he plays a lot of snaps. I mean, I think that's an important factor in looking at these guys. Are they part-time players who are playing like 50, 60% of the snaps? Or are they closer to 80, 90% of the snaps? He's he's up on the higher end of that on a defense that played a lot of snaps in general. Um, now, 
on the negatives, I mean, I've written down bumper car here. It feels like he's a bumper yeah. car sometimes, just smashing his shoulder pads into guys and not really using his hands at all. Um, yeah. And sometimes he just – like I'm stuck in a weird place on him because I see a good motor and then I see plays where I don't see a good motor. And I think he's gassed. Like that's with how many snaps he's playing, it's got to be that he's gassed because there's some plays where it's like, where does Burst go? Like he's he's slow off the line of scrimmage here, and there are actually quite a few plays where I just I see him pull up before the whistle, and yeah. I just I don't like it. like it's it's a little more than I see with most other guys, and that worries me some. Worries me less when I think about his motor. At most of the time, looks good, but then it's like, man, he pulled up early. He could have forced the runner out of bounds before the first down and he didn't. And like, because he thought the other guy was going to handle it. I, I just, I don't love seeing that. And that I, I can't help but knock him a little for that. So I've got him as a, as a late second to early third round pick right now. And a lot of that really just ends up on the questions of like, why is he pulling up before the whistle so often? Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you from you know round perspective. I share a lot of the same concerns, and uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to steal that bumper car term because I yeah. like that a lot. I, <laughs> I haven't heard that before, but I uh, I like that a lot, honestly. So uh, thank you for that. So there's a guy I want to talk about here that I think killed it at the Senior Bowl. The more and more 2022 tape that I watched of him, I'm more and more impressed. That's Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, and he's someone. At least in my opinion, I think he's a pure nose at the next level. I think he can be a one tech. Uh, he's played some two I, some two tech, three tech. Uh, I like him inside just because he's squatty and he can really hold his own at the point of attack. Uh, grip strength is a big thing for him. I think you engage with him, he locks you up. He's going to be able to hold his ground. He's going to be able to eat up those gaps in the run game. And he knows he's got enough moves in his arsenal where he can uh, – he can shuck you. He can swipe, whatever, rip, uh, just a lot of different ways that he can beat you and get into the backfield. So, and we saw at the senior bowl, I think he was, he was feasting in one-on-ones. Yeah. And I'm very intrigued by that. And not just the hand usage, but the awareness he has uh, in the run game to know, all right, this is, this is when I disengage and this is when I try and free up my hands to make a tackle against the run. Cause there are some defensive linemen who aren't able to do that, whether it's, they physically can't disengage or they don't know when to disengage. And I don't think either of those are an issue with Benton. And I'm looking at a guy, I don't think he's got going to have great agility. Uh, I don't think his, you know, three cone drill or whatever is going to be all that sexy. I think he could pop up a little bit too high sometimes. Uh, but so he's not the most gifted from an athleticism perspective, but if you're just a football guy's football guy, I think you're going to love Keanu Benton. So he's someone I have a round two on probably more of a later round two, just because he doesn't play a sexy role. And just because he doesn't, you know, like he is decent at rushing the passer, but he doesn't have like a super insane upside that someone like a three tech might have. Uh, but he's around two for me. And I, I love watching him play. I just think he does a lot of all the fundamentals really well. Yeah. I mean, He's a guy that I was high on after watching the film going into the senior bowl. And I think that he is an underrated pass rusher. Like I really, when I watched his tape, I saw a guy who, when he was allowed to just shoot gaps and get after the passer, 
I thought he excelled at it. Um, and I, I think that he is a, you know, he, he's not Brian Brzee. He's not Jalen Carter as an athlete. But yeah. I think he's probably an above average athlete for a 300 something pounder who was asked to be a run stopper in college and asked to be a run stopper. But I think he's, I think he has some serious pass rush upside that hasn't been tapped into consistently, yeah. but that he's shown the tools that I think are that, that it's there. Now, the thing that really stands out to me when watching him is his bendiness for an interior D lineman, like that core strength, that core flexibility, that ability to contort his body and maintain strength is something that I haven't seen with a lot of guys to get into weird positions and still be able to, to coil up power to push a guy off him and go make a play um, was something that I really liked. And it adds up when I look into his background, it's a two-time state qualifier in wrestling in the state of Indiana, I believe. So Midwest two-time state qualifying wrestler. Yeah, he's got core strength. He's got flexibility. Um, and I love that he was uh, academic all Big Ten in 2020. I always love to see academic uh, achievements yeah. on here. And he has he, he clearly has a chip on his shoulder. Like he was a three-star recruit. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder because of that. Because people say he can't pass rush. Because, I mean, it, I, I think there's a lot of – this guy puts a chip on his shoulder – over just about anything. And I love that. Yeah. And those are two like major green flags for me is whenever I see a guy who's like, Oh, all academic, all whatever. And a trench guy with a wrestling background, mm-hmm. cause you know that he's going to, he knows how to like move his body. And, uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit that there's sometimes he can pop a little bit upright, but I think he does a pretty good job of negating that with his, just his slipperiness uh, just in the way that he moves in his upper body, I think yeah. that's especially intriguing with his rips and whatnot, where he can just burst through uh, the a gap and contort himself in different ways to you know generate pressure. So I'm glad we we both love Benton. I think that's you know our guys in this class. You know I can tell by the way I talk about him, by the way you talk about him, he's going to be very high on our boards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to move to a different guy here. So at the beginning of the year, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan was listed as the number one player on Bruce Feldman of the athletics freak list. So you're looking at a dude. So keep in mind the bench rep is bench press is 225 pounds, but he did 22 reps of 325. And as a guy who's listed at 6'3, 337, he has uh, supposedly We'll see, but a 44-inch vertical, which is just insane, a nine-foot, four-and-a-half-inch broad jump, and he would have led all defensive tackles in last year's combine with a 4.41 shuttle time and a 6.953 cone drill time. And it's absurd. And I think if he's the type of guy where he doesn't know what he's doing all the time, 
I think he's a raw pass rusher. I don't think he really uses his hands super well. Uh, and the activity isn't all that great, but if he can get his act together on the field, then he's, he could be a stud. I mean, you're looking at someone with insane play strength. I mean, that strength shows in, you know, his weight room numbers, but it also shows on the field. He's got good grip strength. There's a good job of holding up blocks at the point of attack, uh, eats up gaps pretty well. Even if he doesn't always have the best gap awareness, he's just bigger and stronger than everyone. And he fires off the ball pretty well for a guy, you know, who's as big as he is. And he moves around in space pretty well for the guy that size. So uh, he, he takes a lot of reps, you know, as a three tech or a two tech. He also takes reps as like a one tech or a nose. I think have him as a, like an attacking sort of one tech, I think would be a very good role for him at the next level. I have him as a day two prospect, like maybe late round two, early round three, just because the tape isn't all that great. But I think he gets drafted higher just because of what he brings for as a pure athlete at his position. Man, so I'm I'm going out on a limb here. And if you if you no longer respect me after this, I, um, I thoroughly understand. But Mozzie Smith's my number two defensive tackle in this draft. Whoa. Okay. I, I watch right. his tape. I see a guy who is just throwing people around. He doesn't even know what he's doing and just <laughs> still violently winning uh, in a convincing fashion. I mean, I just, it, it's clear to me, this, this guy, I do, I do not think he's getting out of the first round. I wouldn't blame a team for taking him in the top 15. I, I mm. think that he is a rare, rare combination of power, strength, and the want to is there on tape. Yeah. He is he is playing hard all the time. So you're telling me I have a guy who bench presses 350 pounds would at 22 times has one of the best shuttles we, we might we might see for an interior defensive lineman in years and has all the want to like the oh, there's a red flag about a, uh, a a a gun charge I think out there that that might push him down. But outside of that, I just – I do not see how this guy gets out of the first round. No, that's uh, that's definitely fair. And, you know, like that, that's the fun kind of stuff is like, although I don't have as high of a grade on Mozzie Smith, I totally see where you're coming from. And yeah. I, I, can't, I can't knock that at all, honestly, because I think there are a lot of really intriguing tools to work with with him. And if he hits, you know, like you said, he doesn't exactly know what he's doing, but he's still just a – an absolute bull in a china shop, just a monster yeah. type of guy. I mean, game you're, record. you're seeing him win against triple teams. It's like it's absurd. What am I talking about here? He's, he's going <laughs> early. That, that's my mindset, at least. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. 100. Uh, there is a guy I'm interested in because you know, going opposite ends of the spectrum, Mozzie Smith, like 330 pounds. This is one of the you know lighter interior defensive linemen in this class, one of the smaller defensive linemen, but boy, can he rush the passer. And that's Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. And I think it's a little unfair to him that he's an interior defensive lineman who's undersized from Pittsburgh because naturally they're going to say, oh, it's Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald is the best defensive player of this generation. That's such a high bar for him to reach. I don't think Kansi's going to be Aaron Donald, but it's the same – he wins in the same way. 
he doesn't win as often as Aaron Donald or in as dominant fashion as Aaron Donald, but Kansi is a really good athlete. He's really quick off the ball. I think his first step for a defensive lineman is some of the best, if not the best in this class, you know, quick out of his stance. He's got really good long speed. And one thing I think that's really intriguing is you've got a guy who can move around in space. Uh, Kansi's someone who brings value as a defender, uh, not just in the trenches, but also when plays go outside, when plays go wrong, uh, when quarterbacks scramble, you know, if you want a defensive tackle in this class to chase down a quarterback, I'm probably taking Kalijah Kansi. Uh, well, him or Jalen Carter, but Kansi's right up there. Uh, also very active in his hands. I think he shows good, good hand speed, good, a good arsenal of pass rushing moves. Uh, and the want to, to disengage, I think is really impressive. Like I love, uh, he's got a good club move, but I think some of his two hand swipes and his swims are really impressive. I know he plays a lot as like a one tech or a nose tackle. That's not where he's going to end up. He's too small for that. I think he, I think he's a three tech. You can maybe kick him outside to a five, depending on what your view is on him. Uh, and the size, you know, shows up with issues against the run sometimes, but I don't think Cansey is, you know, like a top 10 pick that I've seen some mock drafts have him, but he's a damn good football player. So he's someone that I'm going to have, you know, probably a day two grade on like a second rounder. I have, so I'm just going to level with you here real quick. I have three guys kind of in the same range, but I don't know the exact order yet. I've got Benton, Smith, and Cansey all pretty similarly graded. I don't know what I'm going to end up ranking them at yet though. Cause I love all of them, but for completely different reasons. I've got Benton and Cansey within like three picks of each other, like, like on grades, which I don't have a specific picks, but like their yeah. grades are just like one. In, they're right next to each other. Yeah. Very identical. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cansey, like he's fun. Man, yeah. this guy's violent. This guy rips around. He's an he's an athlete, exploding all over the field. Um, he's flexible, bendy, just and relentless. This, his motor doesn't stop. And uh, the questions that I have about him is just really. Some, there's a lot of times where I feel like he doesn't have a plan. He's just he's just saying, "I'm athletic. I'm going to be an athlete, and that's how yeah. he wins." Which if you can get away with it, it's great. Um, but he's gonna need like I'm, I'm not sure if his his frame supports much more mass. Like I, I'm just I, that's a question I have with him. Can he add more mass? Because it, it, if I feel I felt like his joints just looked a little thinner, and like like he he just wasn't built to be a 300 plus pounder. Which if he's not, I mean he might still be able to succeed. Um, but I worry about him a little against the run because of that. And in a one gapping scheme, you can throw some of that away. You never throw all of it away, but you can throw one, some of it away, which I think limits his versatility some. And just, he's not a naturally wide person. And yeah. that shows in his base, his feet tend to get a little narrow and it just, it, it sucks up some of his power. I'd really like to see him focus on, because he's flexible through through the core, right through through the torso. But yeah. I'd like to see him loosen up his uh, not really his hips because he swings his hips fine, but like his allowing his base to get wider 
more naturally and more consistently because I think that would go a long way for his play. Uh, I've got him uh, right next to Benton, just a, a, a early to mid second rounder, okay, which is high for Benton, but I, I like Benton. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we uh, we're both big Benton guys, so yeah, I think that's totally fair on him. Uh, one dude I want to talk about real quick is. The Alabama Byron Young. So we didn't talk about Tennessee Byron Young in our edge rushers episode, but we've got Alabama Byron Young, the defensive lineman here. And it made me like, there's just something in my brain that was very, just something feels wrong about having two guys named Byron Young on the same senior bowl team. Oh, dude, it's messed me up a lot. It, it was just like, <laughs> oh, that's a good play by Byron Young. All right. But which one? Uh, so I don't know, just something about that irked me, but I think there's a lot to like with Byron Young. Uh, he's not the biggest guy out there. He's like 6'3", a shade under 300 pounds, uh, but he's quick. I think he's got some good explosiveness off the ball, just nice juice in a vacuum. Uh, he can play off the five-tech well, although you know I think he's the best as a three-tech at the next level. Uh, good closing speed once he gets out into the open field. And, you know... One thing I like about some of the shorter defensive linemen is they naturally have the lower center of gravity more often than not. And I think that's something that helps out with Byron Young's game where, you know, he's a bit lower to the ground than some of the other offensive linemen he faces. And he's able to, uh, you know, generate some power in his lower half by having a wider base and maintaining some of that flexion in his knees and his hips. Uh I think he works hard. He turns his legs through contact. You know, you watch him as a pass rusher. He's going to keep chopping his legs and keep chopping and chopping until he tries to get into the backfield. And I think he's got some nice flexibility, especially for his size. You know, you're you're comparing a bend for a defensive tackle. It's much different from a bend from an edge Mm -hmm. rusher. But I think for a defensive tackle, Byron Young's got some pretty good bend. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit better – hand usage out of him there are some times where you know and my watching him goes back since like what 2020 because i watched him for you know past draft classes and he just hasn't declared until now so you know he's been on my radar for some time and i'll admit i've watched a little bit of him in a spattering over a few years and not a lot of him in one year like i have with you know some of these other prospects but I think that you're just looking at a guy, you know, a little bit smaller. Uh, you can add a little bit more power in his anchor, but I think he's quick. I think he brings some pass rushing value. I think he's a good rotational type of defensive tackle. Uh, I have him as like an early day three type of guy, like round four, I think is probably the best fit for him, at least on my board. So Q, I'm curious what you think of the Bama Byron Young. So when I watch him, I mean, I, I see a guy who's a above average athlete, not, you yeah. know, He's he's like if you if you turn Kalijah Kansi's athleticism and just the anxiety inducing play that he has, if you turn that down to fifty percent and turn the technique up to like ninety percent, I think that's what you have in Byron Young, right? He's yeah. he's above average athlete, really technically sound, really good change of direction. I thought he's a pass rushing three technique with a with a good get off. Um, but where that leaves me is. I'm not sure his frame supports a lot more weight. He gets yeah. washed out in the run at times. And I'm just, I'm, he's a pro already. He looks yeah. like a pro the way that he plays. So yeah. 
everyone or not everyone else, but a lot of other players in the draft class will get to the NFL and get better. Yeah. I'm not sure if he will. That that's what I think he might be a little bit maxed out. I mean, he, you said he can get a little bit better with his hands, but outside of that, I'm not sure where he improves his game once he hits the NFL. So I think he's, yeah. he's a guy who I'm not as high on, but I think he has a high, high floor. Um, and I've got him right now looking at like a fourth round grade. Yeah. I think that's about fair. You know, yeah. we're, we're in the same range with him. Uh, I think that's very well put, you know, cap ceiling, but he'll contribute. Uh, now here's a guy intriguing prospect who didn't get invited to the combine for some reason. And, you know, I'm just very sad about that because his tape is so good, uh, you know, for, uh, for a group of five prospects, a mid-major, whatever. Uh, that's Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Ugh. I, I gush over this guy because – and I'm so disappointed that he didn't get invited to the combine. I, I am too. I'm just learning that right now. Yeah, he would thrive in that kind of environment, I feel like. And, you know, saying that indicates he's a very good athlete for an interior defensive lineman. Uh, he's someone who's rushed off the edge – he can kick as a five technique. I like him best as a three tech. Very good quickness off the line of scrimmage. Very good production in his, you know, his last two years of Bowling Green. He got to the quarterback at a very high level. Uh, good long arm as a pass rusher. You know, nice size. He's not like a massive individual, but he's good. And he's done a good job of adding weight to his frame over the last few years. You know, he started off in college a bit undersized, but you know, he's gotten to around that 300 pound mark, or at least he was listed as that in college. Uh, I think an understanding of his hand usage can improve a little bit. Uh, I'd like to see him improve a bit more in terms of his gap awareness as a run defender and just his anchor in terms of holding up block and eating up gaps in space. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential to work with Carl Brooks, especially as a pass rusher. I think he's going to contribute pretty early as a rotational type of guy. I'm looking probably late round three for him, maybe early round four. Again, you know, that's the type of guy he should be going to the combine, but for whatever reason he didn't, but I think the NFL is going to be higher on him than what the combine has at least. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Carl Brooks. So that's, that's just me. That's my say on the matter. This guy's a freak. I mean, yeah. He's almost 300 pounds, and he's as explosive as most players at the top of this draft, which is just insane to be that that heavy and that explosive. Um, and he can – for 300 pounds, he can change directions well. He's got quick feet laterally. Um, he's got active hands. I think he has room to improve his hands, but they're active, which is, I think, more important than them being efficient at this level because you can teach efficiency. It's a lot harder to teach activity, I think. Um, yeah. and really just good hand eye coordination. I saw him bat down a few passes where it was like, he had to adjust to it and he still did it, which was impressive to see. Um, now my questions with him, he's kicking, he's kicking ass at a lower level of competition. You know, I mean, and like I, I turned on his game against Mississippi state and they shut him out. So yeah. that's that's a question for me. Um, in that game against Mississippi State, he moved into three tech a lot, three tech, two tech, even a little one tech. And I'm not sure. It made me start questioning his ability to play as a down lineman 
and as I was seeing it and like looking back a little bit on some of the plays that I'd saved, most of his splash plays were coming as a stand-up pass rusher who is getting those three, two, three steps and converting the speed to power. And his, uh, his explosiveness wasn't showing as much as a down lineman, which is going to be a question for me with him in the draft. But ultimately, he still has some insane athletic traits that you have to be excited about. Um, so let's see. I've got him looking somewhere. It's a wide range I have from it's second to third round. Like it's just I've watched two games. One was against Western Michigan, the other against Mississippi State. I, I just need more. I need more tape to really get a feel for him. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And like the good thing about these next coming months is that gives us, you know, more time to collect tape on some of these small school guys. So some of those grades are going to start to be a lot more uh, solid and set in stone. Like, you know, we say these grades, uh, like in some cases, like with a Jalen Carter for the defensive lineman, say there's a lot of tape on him. So our grade probably isn't going to change much compared to where it is now, but over these next coming months, we're going to get access to a lot more stuff. So you never know. Stuff might change, but I think that's about fair for him. I agree with your evaluation. And that brings us to the last guy of our interior defensive lineman, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera out of Arizona State. He's someone who I'll admit I watched him a little bit before the senior bowl. Like I watched his game against Oklahoma State. And, you know, that was the only exposure I had to him heading into Mobile. And I wasn't super high on him, but then I watched him at the senior bowl. He seemed to make some intriguing plays and I'm like, okay, maybe there's something here. Cause he's a bit smaller. He's like a shade under six, two, three Oh seven. So he's got a stout frame. He's only three Oh seven. Well, that, that's what he was listed at the senior bowl. I think he, he looked, was, I guess in person at the senior bowl, he didn't look as big, but I, I just watched the Oklahoma state this game this past week and i was like man he looks yeah than i remembered no that's fair i mean i think part of that's because he's just not a super tall guy mm. but uh you know just he's got a really dense frame so i like him uh you know whether that's as a one tech maybe that's as a pure zero at the next level but i think he's got some good short area quickness to work with i think in a vacuum he's a good athlete maybe not the most agile but i think in terms of his initial acceleration he can penetrate backfields pretty well uh and i like his play strength too you know feel free to disagree with me but i think you know i watch the grip strength i watch him hold up blocks i watch him stand his ground against the run he's got a strong anchor too i think he's a valuable run defender with a little bit of juice to him not the sexiest prospect out there by any means I think if you're looking for a guy who can make splash plays, Silvera really isn't your guy because I, I don't think he uses his hands super well as a pass rusher. I think he, he just doesn't bring a ton of value on those downs. But for a guy who can generate some sort of initial pressure off of his quickness and with his power, uh, there's something there. So I, don't get me wrong. I'm looking like purely day three for him. I'm thinking probably like around, you know, round five or six. I think is probably where he'll end up on my board, but there's some tools there for him to work with. I think that, you know, especially if you want a guy who's just solid against the run and a guy you can count on to be, you know, just decent on a consistent level, you know, I think he could stick around the league for quite some time. Yeah. I think he's a, he, I think you're going to 
want him in a one gap scheme against yeah. the run specifically. Um, I, I think that he's just, there are times where you see him on tape trying to two gap and it's just, he, he ends up behind the play before he can get his head around when it, yeah. he, he's over here. And then he, by the time he's over here, the play's already gone. Um, but when he's one gapping, like he can, he can really mess some stuff up against Oklahoma state. He was consistently blowing up their outside zone attempts when he was on the field, um, which he was not a full-time player, part-time player. And he was getting gassed in that game. I noticed. Um, but when he wasn't gassed and they were running outside zone, he was consistently pushing his blocker back into the running backs path, which was something that I thought was, really noticeable and really a major positive when looking at him is that he has that one gap run defender. He was really generating some good push, which is a, another reason why we said 307. I was like, man, I felt like he was like 330 looking at him the other day. <laughs> um, now, not a ton, like he has enough pass rush to get by, but I mean, I, I think you're, you're asking to pry play a, a four, three, four, three nose, maybe rotational type spot there, like, like two, two tech, two eye, stuff like that. Um, and I was, I was impressed with some of his, some of his get off and some of his agility for his size. Like, I mean, he busted out a spin move at one point in one of the games I watched, which was like, <laughs> okay, okay, big man, do your spin. Like it, it wasn't like a, like a coach sees it and says, never do that again. It was like a, okay, yeah. you can try that. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I'm intrigued. By Nessa Jade Silvera, absolutely. I have a uh, let's see, like an early third, late second round grade on him right mm. now. Okay. No, so that's a yeah, that, that's significantly higher than where I have him, but I don't hate that. I think he's gonna. And I'm, I'm super early on it right now too. So once I fill oh. the board more, that could drop down a full round for all I know. But yeah, yeah, no, and honestly, that's the same with me because I haven't watched a ton of Silvera, like not nearly as much as I have with like Carter, Brzee, guys like that. Yeah. But you know, stuff can change. But that has me interested now. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and watch a little bit more of him because whenever I hear like, because I trust your evaluation ability, I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe there's a little bit more. Maybe you watch different games that I didn't watch because let's face it, I didn't watch a ton of Silvera. I watched a little bit of him. Uh, but yeah, I'm certainly interested in seeing how the rest of this draft process goes for him. And I, I thought just as off his senior bowl alone, he's why I chose him to talk to, uh, talk about over like a Gervon Dexter or, you know, a Zach Pickens or a Jacqueline Roy. Like there are a handful of guys who are, you know, pretty good and you could argue are going to have better grades, but I think Silvera, it, just in terms of what he brings from an intrigue perspective is one of the guys I really yeah. want talk about and uh man just just because he said his name javon dexter is one of my favorite players in this draft he's good he's good <laughs> i'm a big fan of his yeah and uh i'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about him uh as this process progresses i'm a big Gervon dexter guy too uh but um we just didn't get to him this time around yeah but oh we'll get to him <laughs> well, we will get to them. And that's the exciting thing about this process. You know, we got so many more guys to talk about. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, that's it for our defensive line breakdowns. Uh, make sure to tune in for the rest of all of our positional breakdowns. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.